Hi, this is ETF.com's Exchange Traded Fridays podcast, a weekly podcast covering developments in the ETF industry. My name is Sumi Roy, and I'm Senior Analyst for ETF.com. And I'm Jeff Benjamin, Wealth Management Editor at ETF.com. This week, we're talking with Tom Hancock, partner at GMO. Hey, Tom, tell us about Grantham Mayo's entrance into the ETF space. Yeah, uh, so it's been a long time coming, I guess. Um, we've been thinking about it for a number of years, but there have been a confluence of factors that led us to think this is the time that's now. Um, one is our shifting client base. So we're traditionally an institutional manager, but increasingly that's meant high net worth individuals, family offices, investment advisors, and such. So much much more of a focus on taxes. And so the tax mm-hmm. efficiency in ETF became important. And then secondly, we run active strategies and CTFs reasonably concentrated. And I'd say until a couple of years ago, active ETFs weren't something people thought of as much. ETFs were much more passive in their focus, but that is evolving. So that's why the time felt right now. What took you guys so long? I mean, give us a little bit of the backstory on on what it went, what it took to get to this point where you're, I mean, obviously ETFs have been around for a while. There's a lot of legacy uh, mutual fund companies and asset managers that are still finding their way to the space, but kind of tell us how you guys got here. Yeah, we've been a mutual fund manager for a long time, but our mutual funds aren't your typical more retail-oriented strategy. They're really just a technique we used going back to the 1980s to pool institutional investors. And so we had a very high minimums. And we really, the market we kind of knew and where our clients came from was the much more the endowment and foundation market and then a defined benefit pensions. And so uh, kind of the ETF marketplace, if you will, the kind of people who invest in ETFs weren't, wasn't something we were familiar with. And that's, it just took a while, I guess, for that to change for us. So Tom, you launched the GMO US quality ETF a couple of months ago, a ticker symbol QLTY. Can you tell us about that ETF? Yeah, so this is an implementation of our uh, quality-oriented philosophy to investing in equities. So uh, this is a U.S. equity strategy, relatively concentrated, about 40 names. Uh, We start with identifying what we think are great, high-quality businesses, and by that, we're thinking about companies that can reinvest at high rates of return, so growth, but more crucially, profitable uh, growth. So that's moats around their business, long-term secular uh, trends behind them, et cetera. And then also a focus on valuation. People who know GMO may know us kind of as a value shop, but for us, value really means quality at a reasonable price. And so we don't want to buy crazy expensive stocks. We want to buy great businesses at a reasonable price. As I understand, this is not a clone of a mutual fund, right? Uh, correct. It's a little bit related to the uh, GMO Quality uh, Fund, GQETX, uh-huh. but that that strategy is global in its opportunity set, whereas this one is U.S. only. It includes a lot of the same names. It's the same uh, people, same process, about an 80% overlap between the two in terms of their holdings, but it is a different strategy. Would GMO consider uh, cloning any of your strategies? Yeah, um, this is our first entry into the ETF market, and uh, we chose this strategy for a number of reasons. U.S. equities is our simpler to implement. This is one of our most liquid uh, vehicle uh, strategies. It's a variant on our largest strategy, the GMO quality strategy. But there's a lot of other great things we do at GMO. We invest uh, globally. We invest in asset classes beyond equities. I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to follow on what 
uh, what we're pretty pleased with so far in our initial days. So there, there are a lot of areas that uh, I guess GMO could go in the ETF space, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, GMO, for a firm our size, and we manage about $60 billion in assets, we actually have quite a diversity of strategies. And uh, one thing GMO does is manage multi-asset class strategies, indeed. So we have toolkit in a lot of those different asset classes that we manage ourselves. And so some of those are really great strategies with really long, successful track records. And a lot of people listening, Tom, when they think quality, they think of QUAL, which is that BlackRock product, that quality ETF has around $40 billion in assets. Can you talk about how your quality ETF compares to that one? What differentiates it? Yeah. And when they were launching that index, they tried to call us to ask how you could come up with the quality factor. And we didn't want to talk to them. But to their credit, they came up with a, a reasonably good factor. But it is that. It's a factor. It's, um, I think, maybe 100 stocks in it. Um, a couple, whereas we have much more fundamental work on top of just uh, the quantitative screening. Uh, we use valuations, so we avoid those overpriced, you know, very popular. But even if they're quality businesses, we don't think they're necessarily quality stocks because of the valuation. Um, and then another difference between us and a qual is that that index is constructed to be sector neutral and we don't see quality as being an equal opportunity concept there just are more high quality stocks in either uh, the tech space or the consumer space or the healthcare space whereas if you start going into more cyclical industrial industries financials commodities etc there just aren't as many high quality companies so i think you're hamstringing yourself a little bit if you enforce that sector neutrality that's interesting. And your ETF QLTY has $235 million in assets under management after just a few months on the market. Are you happy with that, Tom? That seems pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's we're absolutely happy. I think uh, we're told that's a very fast uh, ramp up for for a new ETF. And I think that speaks to the fact that um, while GMO hasn't necessarily been participating in the ETF market, it's a firm that's very well known uh, kind of across, across really a lot of different corners. And people know Jeremy Grantham, uh, people know uh, the quality strategy in the mutual fund form. So I think that's given us maybe a little bit of an unfair advantage as a new entrant. And what about the future, Tom? You know, do you have any ETFs on the drawing board? What can investors expect from you going forward in terms of ETFs? Yeah, and we definitely have stuff on the drawing board. I can't disclose the specifics around that. But if you get back to that uh, multitude of asset classes that we manage in that uh, variety of equity strategies, the fact that we are a global investor and not just a U.S. investor, I think if you look through our product roster, you would see a lot of strategies that would make sense in an ETF framework. Um, and given our success with QLTY, I think it's reasonable to assume we'll be follow trying to follow up on that. What about the the market for GMO ETFs? We know that financial advisors are among the biggest consumers or users of ETFs for their clients, um, but they also have pretty strict rules about uh, letting strategies get a three-year track record and or reaching a certain asset level. It might be a while before QLTY uh, kind of really hits those radar screens. What is the the message, Tom, that you would give or send out to financial advisors who might be listening on on maybe why GMO is a is something worth looking at in general? I mean, basically, give us an idea of you know how GMO is 
is pretty well suited or, or for the ETF space. Yeah. And one thing I'd say to people who normally look for a longer track record, I think that's certainly a prudent thing to do in general. Uh, but I would point out that we have been managing that uh, quality mutual fund, GQETX, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are a lot of similarities there, including uh, an, an 80% overlap in holdings and that that strategy has never held more than 20% in non-US equities. <laughs> Frankly, those non-US equities, not surprisingly, given the market, have been a bit of a lodestone on that strategy over the last decade. So I think there is something people can sink their, their teeth into. Uh, I think GMO as a firm, we've been around since 1977, an independent firm, a private partnership with new generation of partners taking over from the founders. Two of them are retired. Jeremy Grantham's still active, but we've had a successful uh, intergenerational transfer. And if you look at our written work and uh, thought pieces, I'd like to think we're a very thoughtful firm out there. So I, I definitely think we're, we're something that would appeal to a lot of investment advisors. All right. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. That's really good stuff. I, I, I think we've kind of whet the appetite a little bit. I, I know I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, QLTY. And uh, also, uh, I guess I'll watch the filings, see what's coming up next. Appreciate you being here, Tom. And thanks a lot for your time. Thanks for having me. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find this and all other Exchange Traded Fighters episodes on ETF.com or on any major podcast platform. See you next week.